Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. Uh, How's it going? It's going well. We're here to wrap up the 2023 Rookie Running Back class. Uh, we're going to cover the next two shows, this and the Nerd Herd Show, and uh, give your opinion on these running backs. And it's an interesting class. And I think I feel like there's way more to talk about these next these two shows than the last two shows. And um, as a whole, I just tweet out my overall running back tiers mm-hmm. for the class. And I do feel this class got a lot of like talk. Like This running back class is super deep. And I do feel like it's deep. It's deep. I came away a little bit less excited about these players, but there's a lot of talent there. Um, I feel like this class will be defined a little bit more. I feel like it'd be sharpened. That knife is going to be a little bit sharpened by the NFL draft because mm-hmm. a lot of my tiers are close. Definitely mm-hmm. my, my third tier, like those guys have really close. And a lot of those guys are actually on the show that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And, we, and, you know, we talked about our pre-show, but I, I think it was a little bit of a product of all the COVID people staying in school a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's all, it's kind of come to an head, you know, those guys are getting forced out. Plus there's the normal influx of like regular old juniors that are, that are declaring early and that right. kind of stuff. So that's where the depth I think is coming from. And like you mentioned, it's going to, it's the NFL draft and opportunity might be the separator on some of these guys that are really close. Yeah. I, I'm excited because it's, it's a year where you can almost throw outside of like the top one or two, you can almost throw consensus out the window. Like there really is no consensus. It's, you know, what have you seen or what are you, what are your, you know, numbers telling you or, you know, all of these different things, guys that heavily lean on production versus traits. Like there's a lot of different variables to weigh in this class. And that's, that's where it gets fun for me. That's where I really like digging into the nitty gritty on these players. Yeah. There should be a lot of disagreeing when it comes to this Mm -hmm. draft class. I know I put the tweet out there and there's a couple people I respect a ton in the business already wrote at me like chase Brown way too low. And I'm like, ah, well, I've already, I already dug that hole. Um, you know, and you know, people are like, that Kend- is one we agree on that. You know, right? Kendra Miller, you know, I'm like, well, we're going to find out and let's sharpen the knife first. Yep. So we're going to get in this show. I just got back from the Dominican. A couple of quick, quick stories about Dominican on my Island. I probably look really tan. You on guys my right Island now. His rich it's, Island. Wow. Yeah. Well, I bought it. So now it's mine. <laughs> Me and Shakira are neighbors. Uh, saw our house. Uh, three quick uh, stories. One, I had to be rescued at sea. Uh, Did you for real? Yeah, we went paddleboarding on the ocean. My youngest, and they said you can't go out there when it's windy. Is what they said, and I'm like, okay. And it wasn't really windy. Paddleboarding on the open ocean is hard. It was the open ocean. Yeah, Caribbean Sea, yep. uh, the most beautiful sea I've ever seen in my entire life, mind you. And my youngest son, all of a sudden, got real windy, and like he, he just kept going. I'm like, dude, you need to come back this way. And he's like, I, I, I can't. I'm like, you're doing. I'm like, almost yelling at him, like you're doing it wrong, you know, like. <laughs> In hindsight, I felt bad because I've never seen my son as scared as he was when we get out there. Uh, Which son, by the way? Camden. Okay. So he's 10, and my oldest son is 13. You would never know because he's built like a brick house. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably play in the NFL one day. He literally beat me in arm wrestling for the first time in started life we were there. I had a couple of my ties. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I told my youngest son, my wife's like, my wife went to go get him, and he kept going farther and farther. Like, we were already far out, but, like, literally the wind started going, and, like, you'd go 100 feet in two seconds. I told my youngest son, we're out there too. I'm like, I got to go get your brother. He's like, dad, don't leave me. I'm like, go back to shore, 
I got to get your brother. And I'm going away. He's like, dad, don't leave me. I'm like, I have to get your brother. And I go out there. My son's like freaking out, right? Like sure. he's, he's freaking out. He's crying. He's like, dad, I can't get back. And I take the, I take the paddleboard and I, I attach it to my foot. I tell my wife, I'm like, just go. Like I, I got this and I'm paddling like as hard as I can. And I'm like, I'm literally not moving. Yep. And as soon as I stop paddling, we go back a hundred feet. He's freaking out, crying, like, Dad, please. I'm like, and I wasn't worried. I literally wasn't worried at all. I was, yeah. At no point was I scared. I'm like, fun, we're going to be fine. Was this part of like a little excursion or something like that? No. No? You guys no. are just out on your oh, own? Oh, my <laughs> wife was pissed that the resort had no idea that they couldn't see us. She was not happy with them. Um, and I'm like, bud, we're going to be okay. Like, somebody's going to come get us eventually. Like, don't right. worry about it. Like, we could see a boat. There was nobody on it. But I was like, we're going to be okay. Right. You're not going to be he, marooned on a desert island. He didn't see it that deserted way. Deserted island. Um, and then finally, uh, these these two people on a motorboat come start coming our way, and I'm like waving them. And they come over, and like, you have a young... They, they, they couldn't speak English very well. I'm like, you have a younger son. He said, you need help? I'm like, yeah. My youngest son was so happy to see him. We get on the boat. It took us five minutes to get back from the motorboat. Wow. Yeah, but like, out there. And, the wind, and then we get back, and the resort guy's like, oh, yeah, that's... You know, that happens sometimes. And I'm like, my wife's like, how did you not know we were gone? Like, how did you not know? And they're like, oh, it just happens every day. And like we were <laughs> you just losing like hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of feet out. Like it was insane. So that was one thing that happened. All right. Lay it on me. Second Number thing two. is I, I, I karate chopped my wife in the head. Oh, by per- by accident. But you know, <laughs> by, by purpose. purpose. Okay. Karate- That's what he was about okay. to say. He was about to say by that purpose. Shop, karate punch. But like, I have no idea what I was doing. We were just walking down the hall, like to go into dinner. You know, when people like do the karate move, where they do the backhand like this. If you're watching on YouTube, like, oh. hi-ya. I don't know where I just stopped. I was like, hi-ya in the middle of the hall. No idea who she was behind me. Boom. Right in the head. <laughs> Is it a successful ta- tactic? Uh, Works pretty well. She was like, what the? <laughs> I would imagine she was pissed. I know your wife. That, that couldn't have gone, yeah, it could not have gone over well. We, like, we were laughing about it, but she's like, that really hurt. I'm like, I had no idea you were there. She's like, why did you do that? I, like, I have no idea why I did that. I was like, you know me. You've been married to me the forever. Moment, the moment struck me. Like, yeah. I was a ninja for a second. Why wouldn't I do that? Literally, that was it. That was, that was my excuse. To be fair, I did something similar, only it was to myself, unfortunately. I was all of a sudden in the middle. This was like high school. I was in the middle of a basketball game all of a sudden. And I went up to shoot a jumper, and I stabbed myself in my eye with my thumb, scratched my cornea, and I had to like, it was like at this like church camp. And I, I was like the cool kid that had to wear goggles and stuff <laughs> the rest of the week if I did like anything. So yeah, that was great. Uh, I, I caught her just like with the tip of my knuckle too. Like I barely caught it, but it left like a little red mark. We made like drinking friends while there too. And uh, I told that we saw them as soon as we got out to dinner. I was like, you're not going to believe what I just did. <laughs> I was like, at first I was like, tell me if you can see a mark in my wife's head. And they're like, I can see a little mark. She's like, I told you. I'm like, Here's what I did. <laughs> Here's what I did. You know what I mean? And then the third Don't thing was, me. I found out my wife is a psychopath. Oh, wow. So I found out. Is that why you hit her? <laughs> After you hit her, she, you found out she was a psychopath. Listen, that makes sense. It all listen, makes sense. Everybody who's Rich listening to this nearly podcast, died. Listen, I'm about to blow your mind. Unless you're a psychopath too. There's a, I read a stat that 30 to 50% of people don't have internal dialogue. I thought it was fake. I was like, that can't be a real stat, but it is a real stat. And right before we're going on vacation, we're at a family dinner with all our family. And I was telling them this and the whole family's like, oh, that's so weird. Don't have internal dialogue. I'm like, I talk to myself. If I'm not talking out loud, I'm talking inside. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, that's really weird. We get to my wife. My wife's like, I don't have internal dialogue. I'm like, what? She's like, I don't have internal dialogue. You mean you talk to yourself? I'm like, yeah, all the time. And everybody else is like, yeah, me too. All the time. She's like, I don't do that. I'm like, How do you, you think through things? Yeah. I'm like, 
Literally. Oh, I had so many questions on vacation. <laughs> I'm so like, many questions. I'm like, I you already do. Are a psychopath. <laughs> like, how do you even live? And she's like, I just, I see, and I, I do. She, she, she lives like a shark. You know what I mean? Like, see, see food, eat food. After, after, after so I've, we're sitting there at dinner though, and I, after I cry chapter, she's staring at me. She's like, I'm having internal dialogue right now. <laughs> you fixed her. Yeah. There you go. But for the most part, she's, she said she does not have internal dialogue. So That's, there's there's 30% people listening to this podcast right now. They're like, yeah, I don't have internal dialogue. What I do. That? Yeah, I, I for sure do. Yeah. yeah. Literally every second of my, if I'm not, I'm probably, sometimes I have internal dialogue, why I'm actually talking to why I talk the way I do, because my brain, <laughs> See, is, I'll, I'll say this, I don't have it all the time, but I definitely like talk to myself in my head, but I, it's not all the time. I sometimes drive with no, the radio off just so I can like think and talk to myself. Maybe I'm the psychopath. Anyways. Anyways. Anywho. Uh, those are my three stories. All right. Uh, now we got to get to the show. Sorry if you, uh, that bored you, but those are my three stories. Before we get into our, our story, uh, our running backs, I got to tell you about our friends at Underdog. It, it's such a fun time of the year. It's always fun, but right now is a really good time because the rookies are on Underdog, and that's a best ball draft app, right? And you're like, what's best ball? It's literally an opportunity to do what we all love to do all the time, and that's draft teams. It's why we'd like to join more startups because of the uh, – uh, of the drafting ability. It's why we like redraft just to do this drafts. This gives you opportunity to draft a team and then set it aside and not worry about it again and see how it plays out at the end of the year. That's what best ball fantasy football is. And that's what underdog fantasy is. It gives you an opportunity to go in compete versus one person heads up two people, six people, 12 people, as many people as you want to play against for as much money as you want to play against. And you draft your team and you, you forget it until the end of the year. I usually draft about, honestly, like 35 to 50 teams just because I, I join a draft. When that one's over, I, I join yeah. another one. I just, I enjoy I've become the, the same way. I've, I've become the same way ever since downloading the app. Yeah. I've, I've downloaded, I've done like eight, eight leagues. It's addicting. It it's is. so much fun. And you can join them for as little as $3. You know what I mean? So it's not, it doesn't cost you a lot. And you know, the dopamine hit is the draft, like the pick, like, Ooh, mm -hmm. the upside, the upside. And, and us dynasty players, I feel always have a slight edge when these rookies are in there because sure. you know them better than others. And I usually do well, cause I'll draft a lot of those rookie running backs. So mm -hmm. right now, if you go to underdog, you download the app, you too can get on this madness. And if you use the promo code nerds, they're going to match your deposit up to a hundred dollars, a hundred percent. So if you put in a hundred dollars, you have $200 in your account. If you're gonna put in $50, you have a hundred dollars in your account. It's awesome. But on top of that, the best deal possible. I mentioned we're going to talk about these running backs, this show and the Nerd Herd show. If you want to get the Nerd Herd show for a year, you can get it for as little as $10. Not only do you get an extra Nerd Herd show, but you get access to the film room where we watch all the tape where we break down these rookies. You get access to the Nerd Score when it comes out right around the NFL draft. And then more importantly, you get access to the Dynasty GM, the greatest all-encompassing tool on the market and right now all that by going to underdog download the app it's for new users only so if you haven't if you already used the app and you put money into it, it does not count but if you never used the app download it put in the promo code nerds you're going to match your deposit we're going to send you a promo code for a free year subscription to dynastynerds.com the nerd herd you're gonna get every tool that we have to offer for a full year not a week not a month a full year Take advantage of this film room for this year's class and next year's class and get all these extra podcasts. And hopefully we can prove to you within that year that it's worth sticking around for. Um, and it's that good. And we have a lot of updates coming here within the next month as well. So check it out on DynastyNerds.com, underdog. Use that promo code NERDS, you got to. And if you're an existing NerdHerd member already, 
We're going to send you a free Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. The Ooh. most comfortable mm. shirt mm. in the world. Matt's wearing one. I sure am. So Some check people it out. think it's too small, but that's okay. That's okay. Looks I think great. it looks good on you. I'm an in-between size type of guy. Well, You're a medium? Yeah. Well, well you got chesticles like that. What are you going to do? Slarge. <laughs> it's a... Uh, Marge. What would be between a large and an extra large? How would you say that? Uh, that's where I'm at. Hmm. Exactly. Medium. Extra, medi- extra medium? <laughs> extra medium. Extra medium. I'm an extra medium. <laughs> yeah, you go. go over here. So let's go. Finally. What, how many minutes are we at? Uh, about 10. Let's get in these 2023 rookie Yay. running backs. More like 12. Um, all right. So the first one up <laughs> is Zach Charbonnet, uh, running back UCLA, six foot, 214 pounds, nine and seven eighths inch hands. Um, ran the 40 in 4.53 seconds, had 122 inch broad jump, 18 uh, reps on the bench, and 37 inch vertical. Last year, he had 195 attempts, uh, 1359 rushing yards. 14 touchdowns, 37 receptions, 321 yards, and no additional touchdowns in 10 games. So Zach Charbonnet originally uh, went to Michigan, uh, had a solid freshman campaign, and then kind of to a lot of people's surprise, ended up transferring all the way to the West Coast, ended up going to UCLA for his final three years, joined up with uh, good old buddy Chip Kelly. And... There were many that thought, including myself, that he was going to declare last year. He was going to declare as a junior. Mm-hmm. He's got the size. He's got decent-ish speed. He's got, like, he has a lot of the things pedigree-wise that you would have assumed, like, oh, this is a prototypical, comes out of his third year, probably be a day-two pick, more like third round, but probably a day-two pick. Uh, he decides to go back to school. And overall, I, I don't think it was a poor decision on his part to do that because I do think he did make some leaps in his game this year. Not drastic leaps, but I do think he advanced uh, in his game this year. The most difficult part, though, with studying Zach Charbonnet that I had a, a, a tricky time with is his offensive line is fantastic, which we normally are saying the opposite about these players. It's right, like, right. and there will be players we talk about how bad their offensive line is, uh, but he has a great offensive line. So many of his big plays that you see are the product of fantastic blocking. So that's what makes him a little bit more of a difficult evaluation is how much of that is him, how much of that is his offensive line. And that was one of the things that I had a harder time breaking down. Currently for me in this class, uh, he's currently running back five. I gave him a uh, 73.93. So just for reference point, like uh, ETN was a 74 for me when I graded him. So he's just a hair under Travis Etienne. So obviously very good prospect right. uh, overall, very solid grade, pretty solid reading the holes, very patient runner, but he's not overly elusive, uh, not great game speed, like mm-hmm. long speed. It's, it's doable, but that's nothing you're going to talk about as a really positive trait. Uh, I, I think he has decent quickness for a bigger guy. And I know he came in a little bit later at the combine from everything that I had heard. He was playing at closer to, 220, 225 during the season. I think he slimmed down to run a better 40 time. Uh, I, I'm wondering what that 40 time would have been if he would have been 10 pounds heavier. You know, it would have been in the upper four fives as opposed to lower four fives. So I'm curious to see what that is. Uh, one of the better uh, contact balance players in the class uh, overall. And there's a there's some, some good things there as far as pass catching that you wouldn't have expected out of a, a bigger, more physical back. So he is one of these backs that does truly profile 
as a three down guy, uh, I'm just, I'm really struggling to see, is he a solid back or is he a really good back? And I, I don't like, if I'm being completely honest, I truly don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm really having a hard time pegging him because for a while I had like his score has fluctuated for me a bunch. When I like watch games, I'm like, Oh, this is actually better than I thought. Ah, this is actually worse than I thought. And it's gone up and down. His score was as high as a 75 for me at one point. It was as low as a 71 for me at one point. Like it has fluctuated a ton because I keep picking out little nuances of things that are a little bit better and things that are a little bit worse in his game. So he's been all over the map. I think he's a good player. I don't think he could end up getting round two draft capital in the NFL draft. I think he's more fit for the third round though, for me personally. I think, I think second round would be a stretch from what I've seen uh, personally. I just, I don't see the one thing that like any one of his attributes, none of his attributes like wow me. Sure. And that, and that's kind of where I'm at with this guy. And for me, if you're going to get drafted that high, especially nowadays, I think you have to have one or two things that are that, that pop. Mm-hmm. So I, I do I think he's a guy that's going to end up, I think slipping a little bit. Perhaps that's why he he stayed in school. Maybe he knew uh, he had some things to work on and, and was hoping to work on them. I mean, like like you said, catching passes this year in only ten games, thirty seven catch uh, receptions compared to last year, twelve games he had twenty four. Mm-hmm. So he basically went you know from two catches a game to nearly four catches a game. So that mm-hmm. he did improve in that area, and I think that's an important thing for a guy like this because if you're not gonna do if you're not going to pop and you're not going to like be very, very explosive or anything like that at that size, you better do something else. You better be good in pass blocking. You better be able to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, going back to school for this, for this fourth year helped in those respects. I agree. Yeah. I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. He reminds me of James Conner a lot. It's a good comp. Um, that's who he kind of reminds me of, which is again, it's not a fancy player, right? But he's a running guy. He's going to give you running back one numbers, potentially in the right situation and, or be a running back too. And Zach Charbonnet for me seems like a really safe player in this class. I like you having him at number five, Garrett, because I have him right. So I have him in my third tier. So I have a B. Me John too. Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, each in their own tier. Mm-hmm. And then not behind, far behind Gibbs is I have Devin A. Chain, Tajay Spears, and Zach Charbonnet. Okay. That's my next tier. I have, I would take Devin A. Chain first as it stood today. Okay. And then Spears and, and Charbonnet are really close because what does he have? He's got really good size, you know, really good size that pops out. He has really good numbers this year, averaging almost seven yards per carry, like Matt said, in 10 games. Those are those are solid numbers, the 37 receptions. Really good patience and vision, like Garrett said. I really like the way he works in, in tight quarters for a guy of his size as well. Real productive early down, you know, like almost 40% of his carries went for first downs or touchdowns last year. Those are mm-hmm. really good productive numbers. Yeah. It's going to really entice NFL teams. And, and the reason, another reason I have him in that tier is because, like I could, like you said, with his draft capital, I could see him going there, and I feel like his opportunity is going to be really good coming into I this agree. class. Um, like, liked him in the passing game this year. I thought he ran some pretty good routes as well. Sometimes I, I get a little bit. I was like, will he be a little bit more limited in the NFL? I don't know what he does there for when I'm watching him. Love the contact balance. He's a real true yep. north south runner. Always finishes uh, his run strong. Run strong as well. Little tight in the hips, not a lot of wiggle out there. Not a lot of lateral stuff. Yeah. Where do you guys land on the power on this guy? I feel like for a guy that was 225-ish, 220, 225, mm-hmm. I wanted to see a little bit more of the physicality. I felt like it was adequate. I. It was interesting because he didn't 
punish people like right. I wanted him to. Right. But you see really good power in short yardage goal line. So he's got the lower half that he will move the pile. He will move people. So I think he has good power, but he, some of these guys that are, you know, maybe not even quite as big as him. Well, you'll see them launch themselves at people and just run through people. He doesn't do that quite as you much know, as I want. You know what? Know why? I think I have the answer for that. Why he doesn't run with as much power. You mentioned it. When he wants to, on short yardage, he runs with good power. But for the most part, he does it. I think it's because the way he runs a little too upright. upright. He He's is upright. an upright so he loses runner. Yep, yep. When you, so we say... So, when, so for, he can get caught off guard. You know yes. what I mean? When he's not expecting mm-hmm. to have to lower the shoulder, he's up too high, he gets hit, and, and sometimes he's not you know, falling forward, so to speak. He's maybe falling sideways. So when we when we talk about on the podcast and you hear us say, because I'll mention other runners, like, hey, they're upright runners. I guess to give that a little bit of clarification, when you're an upright runner like that, you that's what happens. You lose the power. Like, mm-hmm. it's why we want a, po- a running back to run behind their pads, essentially. They want to get down low because that's where mm-hmm. the power comes from because then you can get that launch and you get the shoulder into the player as well. So the old adage is the low man wins. Low man wins. Yeah. Yep. So he, I think he loses that power of his running style. Now, sometimes it's hard to coach out of a player because it's just how they run. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, Adrian Peterson was an upright runner. Sure. Um, but he was yeah, a freak also. <laughs> uh, so was, um, you know, like Matt Forte was an upright runner. Yep. Uh, so, I, I, so Zach Charbonnet to me seems like a really solid player. My final note on him really for dynasty fantasy purposes was probably a really good sell early. Like that typical hashtag two to three year window. Um, James Conner, I, again, felt that same mold, but he kind of like broke that mold a little bit where he had a really good year in Pittsburgh, then a couple down years and went to Arizona and and, and sure. played well again, sure. was a running back one. So I feel like Zach Charbonnet is a really good draft pick because I feel like his return will be substantial. Like you'll, he'll look good enough early where if you want to get out, you you won't lose out on the pick. You'll get a year or two out of them and then be able to sell them for a solid and, return. And that makes sense. To me, I, I had it in here in, in my final notes as well. Like he's he's one of these guys that's going to need to have like a 70% share to be fantasy relevant, to be like big time fantasy relevant. So he's not, he's never going to be a guy that if he's splitting time 50-50, you're going to love it. You know yeah. what I mean? He might be bordering running back two, running back three in that kind of scenario. If he's getting 70% of the carries and he's like the team's lead guy, you can expect some pretty He needs a Tyler stuff. Algier situation. Yeah, he does. That's, it, that's he's what he young. Does. I mean, he's 22. Like he, He's played a lot, but he's young. He's, he's 22 young. years old. So he, he's not coming out where he's like this older running back. He'll be 22 in the season. Again, I have Zach Charbonnet in that third tier. I think he's a very solid prospect. I feel he's safe. He's not, to me, he's not as exciting as Devin A-Chain or Devon A-Chain or Tajay Spears. Mm-hmm. But I feel like his floor is a lot safer than those two. He is. He's a very safe guy. I I would be shocked if he falls to day three. Like, I don't think he's a round four guy. It's impossible. Sure. But he's he's a he's a third round. He he really seems like a a prototypical third round pick. The NFL knows all the same things we know. You know what I mean? There there are a lot of available (laughs) players there. Unfortunately, you know, fortunately for him, there's not a lot of big players like he's one of these these outliers. So if somebody's looking for a 220 pound back, there's only a couple places There's to only go a few of them in yep. this draft. So that might push them up the board a little bit, but if they're not interested in that or they've gotten it somewhere else in, in sure. free agency or something like that, he might be a guy that slips a little bit. Yeah. So it, it is one of those very interested where he goes. It could go either way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very interested. But I, I mean, I came away overall. I know Matt, when you said you, you watch his tape, like he's boring to you. And I totally get that. And that's why I said like, well, that's why he reminds me of James Conner. Like there's like, <laughs> But he gets it done. Like he's right. he's kind of running back, like you mentioned, in the right situation. He's gonna get it done. So Zach Charbonnet, running back UCLA, very solid. Had a couple games missed last year, but still very productive. Um, and productive last year as well. So mm-hmm. I, I like to see 
it's always good to see a running back that comes out and he produces back-to-back years, and not just as that one big-time year. So Zach Charbonnet, UCLA, I give him a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yep. So like a like a this. I was gonna thumb. say it's not all the way right. It's like cocked a little bit. A little bit. No, it's not Fonzie, but you know, it's hey. like hey. hey. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, Tank Bigsby is our next guy. Tank. Running running back Auburn, six foot, two hundred and ten pounds, nine and a half inch hands, four point five six in the forty. 119-inch broad jump, 21 reps on the bench, and 32-and-a-half vert. Last year in 12 games, he had 179 rushing attempts, 970 yards, 10 touchdowns, 30 receptions, 180 yards, and no additional touchdowns. He's 21 years old. Yeah, I'll be 22 when the season starts. in August. So Tank Bigsby, it's a real good name for him, like a big, strong Tank Bigsby guy. And, and, and we just talked about this literally a second ago with Zach Charbonnet. We were like, oh, some teams have a really good offensive line. Complete opposite with Tank Bigsby. Complete opposite. I thought, his, mm-hmm. I, I thought his offensive line was honestly one of the worst offensive line of all these running backs we talk. Yep. He was hit behind the line of scrimmage a ton, like a ton. Like I couldn't, like I couldn't, like this poor guy. It's like so, I was like, I have to, I have to give him some kudo points for that. Right. So, and I and I did. I came away with Tank. I came away with watching Tank Bigsby because I put him in that fourth tier, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I could, I could see him moving up. He's in tier. my third tier. So. I like, here's the thing. I like his tape overall. You know, he's got really good size. He runs really well inside, makes mm-hmm. some really, and I came away really impressed. Like he makes some really good cuts for his That's size. Very good. Cuts. His yep. start and stop ability um, was pretty impressive for a guy being six foot, 210 pounds. See, I should, I'm talking to myself. I already put him in upper two. Yeah, move <laughs> on up. He, he runs really strong. I mean, this is a guy who averaged Ding. four point five point four yards per carry. In the SEC, with the worst offensive line I saw out of all these players. So that says a lot. And he's really secure with the football. Only has one career fumble. Uh, he's okay in the passing game. A little bit limited there. Um, had his best year this past year in the passing game with those 30 receptions. That was his best year overall. Uh, he has really good contact balance as well. Very good. So a real solid overall thick running back that can get the job done. Like NFL teams are really going to like what they see there. Yep. I just... It, I felt like he was inconsistent. Like that was part of my notes. But then I kept going back to, like, was he inconsistent, though, because of the offensive line? Like, is that a part of it? I mean, he did have his best year in the passing game this year. I don't know if that's overall a natural fit for him. Like, I don't know if an NFL team is going to use him that way. I think he can do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if an NFL team is necessarily going to use it, him in that mold. It kind of reminds me of, like, Jonathan Taylor, how, like, he caught, ended up catching a bunch of yeah. passes. It was like... That's not naturally his gifting, but like he's good enough that if they asked him to do it, he could. Yeah, and that makes sense as well. And Thirty receptions, one hundred and eighty yards. You know what I right. mean? Like it wasn't something six point average. Yeah, right. nothing crazy. That's nothing he, crazy. He's an upright runner as well, so he does he lose is. a little bit power there, yep. which kind of again it hurts a little bit there. His pass protection, I didn't come away overly like in love with, and he's also one of those one speed runners, right? Like he goes and then he's going, so he you can see him get caught from behind a lot because he's just that. And that's not always a bad thing. It's just that's the kind of runner he is. Mm-hmm. Overall, I came in with Tank Bigsby as like a very solid prospect. I probably have him at fourth tier now because I want to see where he goes. Because he could easily be he could be somebody that ends up in a really good situation, or he could be Zach Moss, right? Like he could easily be Zach Moss to me. Yep. And you know, Zach Moss goes to the Bills and people got really excited about it. Like that's that's what he could be, right? But he could be bored. I I really, I really like Tank. Um, in in a year where 
there were guys that I really liked, and we'll talk about it more in the next show, that I always really liked as like Devi guys and I was really excited about. And then I watched their tape and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I don't like this guy at all, actually. You know, this was one of the ones where he held true for me. Um, watching his tape, the things I liked about him early on, the things I liked about when I watched him live or highlights or things like that, all still very much still held true. You're absolutely right. His his offensive line was terrible. His biggest weakness, it, it's funny because it's his biggest weakness, but it also doesn't bother me that much. He does not have patience. Um, that is something that I do think he needs to develop more is, is being a little bit more patient. But that being said, I love his running style because he is finds a hole and gets there right now. Yep. Like it, it's, it's this downhill running style that I, I very much so like, and he's almost like, um, one of those like luge skiers or, you know, like, like when he's out there, like he's ma- he's got a nice dead like, but he's not trying to string multiple moves together. He doesn't. I, 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 it's I, one move and go one I, move and go. I put that in my notes as well. Like he, I don't know that he's laterally going to be able to string together things to make guys miss in the hole, but, but he can string a play out. And as soon as he sees that hole, boom, go, you yep. know what I mean? He puts his foot in the ground. He's laterally explosive within like one move. I don't know right. that he could do that back and forth. Right. And, and cause I don't, I think he's just too big a little he's bit too big, but yeah. he moves, he does it smooth really well and smoother. So like mm-hmm. he can literally s- stop and then go for a guy, again, for a guy for his size, it's pretty, there, pretty there was smooth. an exact play like that behind the line of scrimmage against Alabama, where I walked away like, man, that was a great play because mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a lot of first round defensive talent on, on the Alabama team. And there were three guys in the backfield and the design play was not there. He stopped on a dime and then beat everybody to the outside, which unlike a lot of guys here, he's not a guy that's constantly trying to bounce it to the outside. Like he's going to take the lane and he's going to go. He had, he had enough vision uh, and, and, and in that moment, enough patience, you know, a lot of times he doesn't, but in that moment, enough patience just to, to be able to diagnose the play, be able to be athletic enough to stop and redirect. And that's tough to do with that type of defense and then still beat guys to the outside shows me there's enough speed there. He's not an elite speed guy. There, no one will mistake him for that. Four, five, six. But there's enough speed there, and especially the initial acceleration. Right. I think he accelerates really, really well. So, and he had a good ten yard split, which which speaks to that. It's makes, all that makes perfect sense. And and for a guy that weighed a little bit less than I would have thought, man, he loves to deliver contact. He's the opposite mm-hmm. of Charbonnet. of Charbonnet in Absolutely. that sense. Whereas I don't think he's as powerful naturally as Charbonnet is. I think Charbonnet's lower half is stronger than Bigsby, but Bigsby is going to make you feel it every opportunity he can. And I personally, I love that. Yep. That is not boring tape for me to watch. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I do, I do appreciate that. Uh, and I had a lot of the same notes. I, I wrote in here, you know, verbatim almost a lot of these things, but plays faster than his time speed. You know what I mean? Like I, I did see that on, on tape where he was beating guys to the outside. I, he might not have that top gear, and that's probably where this yeah. four, five, six comes from. But I think I think the burst is there. He can get past people with speed, mm-hmm. and he can laterally put it together. You know, one move up the up the field, he gets up the field quickly. In the NFL, these are things that you need. This guy would fit great in his own scheme. You know what I mean? Yes. Like this, this is like a one cut and go. Yep, glove in hand type of fit uh, for Tank Bigsby and that kind of system. So. This is going to depend on where he goes because I don't know that he is a guy that would fit in every system that well. Like, mm-hmm. if, but if he lands in a Miami, if he lands in a San Francisco type of place, or any of those offshoots mm-hmm. that run that same kind of zone scheme, 
I think he could be very successful. And that's, that's where I see him. He's, he's a guy that's going to, at least for me, it's going to depend on landing spot a lot as far as, as far as how high his ceiling is. But I I think he's a good running back regardless. And I I think he can, he can be a good player, but he can be a fantasy difference maker. I think in one of those. And I think Matt, you can say that about a lot of these running backs right here. And I think that's, and I think that's what, I think that's what's exciting about this class. And we got a lot of the juice flowing because a lot of these guys have a lot of exciting attributes. Right. But again, there's only so many jobs to go to, right? Like, and we even see now, some of these teams are holding off on some of these running backs. Like it's, you know, like Zeke's still out there and, and these guys will find homes. Cream Hunt's still out there. Mm-hmm. So, and some of these guys even sign, like their jobs aren't hundred percent secure. You know, that, that when they go to certain places, even though we'd like to land the spot now, that's going to change after the NFL draft. And it's why we re-rank these guys after the NFL draft. And like this year, we're going to do a show and we always try to do the show like immediately after the NFL draft is over. Like, so that's Sunday. We'll all be together and we're going to mm-hmm. record the podcast that Sunday. So the podcast should be out by that Sunday night for your, your uh, running back class. We're going to rank these guys in order of how we like them um, in Superflex and PPR. So we give you a little bit longer shows. We kind of break them down a bit Sunday. And I think this class is full of guys like Tank Bigsby, right? Like if put in the right situation, put in the right scheme with the right opportunity, they're going to be dynasty fantasy football, you know, assets. Mm-hmm. So there's so many of them. It's impossible to say who's going to be the guy you really want. Cause there's like, honestly, like eight of these guys that you're like, okay, they could be fantasy football relevant. Yeah. But will they get the opportunity? Cause some of these guys, unfortunately are going to end up on teams that, you know, we just don't love the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, he currently ends up uh, just a notch above Zach Charbonnet. So he ended okay. up as my running back four. Oh wow. Um, with a 74.3. So, Big fan of Tank Bigsby, um, one of only four running backs in this class to get above a seventy-four. Uh, so it's all you a player. Have, so you have the highest. I think I think Tank will be above Charbonnet for me. Also, okay. I haven't I haven't set that in stone yet, but watching him, he just has uh, more juice. Mm-hmm. I like I like his running style. I think it translates a little bit better. Okay to fantasy production as well uh, without like a huge, huge volume. You know Makes I mean? me feel like I need, to, I need to dig back in then because yeah. I, I'm the lowest. And anytime they're like, anytime that you two guys like a player equally and I don't like, and I, again, I like them. So like, I feel sure. like I'm missing yeah, something. You're not, right, you're not right, not right, far off. So I feel like I need to dive back in a little bit deeper, and, and to which be, I'll have to do. To be fair, like he is not that far away from Charbonnet, like less than a half point away from Charbonnet and a chain for me. And I'm so like, they're just, like right there. I might have Charbonnet a little bit lower also. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. So that might be the reasoning as well. So don't, don't go crazy rich, but <laughs> I mean, it, it just might be a, yeah, I, I, I probably didn't give him that. I don't, I, I think I missed him in that tier. I didn't put him in the same tier with Kenny McIntosh, Dwayne McBride, Zach Evans and Roshan Johnson. I, so that's where I messed up. So it's probably this. I literally just went and by the wayside here. So I'll have to dig back in and bump them up. That's that's basically my next tier. Yeah, I just have them a tier higher. So, but I have a lot of those same players in the in the tier below. Okay. So all right. So moving on to our next prospect, um, Eric Gray, Oklahoma running back, five foot nine, two hundred seven pounds, nine and three quarter inch hands. Uh, there's no forty time or anything like that. He had a hundred eighteen inch broad jump, thirty seven and a half inch vert. He is. 23 right now he'll be 24 when the season comes around in november anyway um last year at oklahoma he played 12 games 213 rushing attempts 1366 yards uh, 11 touchdowns 33 receptions 229 yards and no additional touchdowns so with eric gray he was a pretty highly 
thought of prospect uh, coming out of high school and ended up going to Tennessee. He was there at the same time. If you guys remember Ty Chandler last year, yep. they were kind of this like two headed monster at Tennessee, but Tennessee was just hot garbage. Mm-hmm. And they basically both transferred the same year and just like, give me a, and cause originally I thought only one of them was going to transfer, which was great news for the other one. Cause they would get the backfield on themselves. They both clearly just wanted out, wanted, you know, fresh opportunity. And I really thought Oklahoma was going to be a great situation for Eric Gray. We were going to see what happened with, um, oh, there was a guy that transferred that. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but either way, I, I thought it was going to be a great landing spot and we're going to see great things. His first year at Oklahoma was a great disappointment. Did not play well at all. The mm-hmm. numbers were pretty putrid. Came back this year, put together a much better season, much more, uh, much more closely to what we saw at Tennessee. That being said, I I have a 68.7 grade for Eric Gray. So not a terrible grade, but not a great grade either. He went to the Senior Bowl this year, did some nice things, but there's not a single area in here where I look at him and I'm like, this is specifically how he wins consistently. Mm-hmm. I think he does have some decent power. I think he does have some decent contact balance, but he's not a guy with a ton of juice. Uh, he's not a guy that's like an incredible receiving back or, uh, a guy that's like, Oh, his vision is just special. He just sees the hole and just has a great feel or does amazing things at the second level. It's just, there's a lot of fineness, a lot of meh. I have a lot of pretty goods in my descriptions, but, but nothing great. And so he, he reminds me of a guy that is probably going to be in the NFL for a long time, but never necessarily fantasy relevant. I came away watching Eric Gray, not very impressed. Okay. Um, you know, this is for, let's start with the biggest dynasty negative here. His age. This is yep. for one. This guy's got a lot of tread on his tires. He'll be 24 years old when the season is going on. So he's older. Um, you know, I'm just going right into the negatives. I mean, his yards per carry is not good at all. And what's really disappointing about that too is like he saw a lot of light boxes, like a lot of light boxes. Yards per carry 6.4. I know, but like for like for like how light the boxes were, like I just expected for somebody okay. of his caliber. Like again, so the way I saw that was like, oh, Oklahoma's offense, you know, like Big Twelve defenses against them. Big Twelve, yeah. The, the Big Twelve defense basically just. I th- the reason I felt like he averaged 6.4 yards per carry is because they didn't respect the run whatsoever at Oklahoma. That's what I came in with. Let me, that's a better way to put it. Okay. okay. That's, um, that's fine. Yep. Not Garrett not, not very explosive at all. Not a lot of power, no long speed. I thought he was, I thought he was solid in the passing game. That was like my favorite attribute of him. It's like, Oh, he's pretty solid in the passing game. Um, I like his hips. Like he made some pretty good cuts there, but I like laterally his lateral movement yeah. was probably his best attribute that literally my two things. I like this passing game and his, his lateral agility yeah. and that, but that's literally it. There's, there's nothing there on the tape that I saw. I was like, okay, this is a dynasty asset. Like, this is somebody that's going to really like, I'm okay with like Garrett's take here. Like this is somebody who can play in the NFL level, be there for a while. But like, he's never like, I don't see him turning in anything. That's going to be an asset for my dynasty team. He's probably the guy I want the draft. If he's the backup to my running back. That, that's make, I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I, there, there's a guy, there's, he has enough speed, you know, to be yeah. an NFL yeah. back. He's got enough burst to do some things. He, I think plays, he wants to be physical. He's just doesn't get, maybe have, have it, the, man. doesn't have the, uh, it, doesn't have maybe the meat or, I mean, he's 207. He's not like light. 
I, but it's a shell. It, again, so he's not afraid of contact. How about that? He's not afraid yeah. of contact, but he, but he's not like he's not powerful. a bruiser. He's but, not a big and, bruiser. But let me back yep. up too. Like this, this is so. I want to reiterate that, like when we talk about these players, we're always talking from also a dynasty fantasy football perspective, right? This right. is we're not we're not NFL draft. We're here to talk NFL right. draft. We're here to talk about dynasty fantasy football. Like, what are the best players for your team? So, like, if you're new to the show, that when we're breaking down these players and stuff, that's the, that's the angle we're coming from, right? Correct. Like, that's what we want. That's the only reason we're talking about these mm-hmm. players. So, for me, when I look at Eric Gray, the the shelf life is short, so short. Like, he's not that big of a guy. Like, he's only five foot nine and a half. You know, he's not that big of a guy. Pretty common he, in this he, draft, he, though. It is. It is. He's twenty four years old, so he's. He's a one contract guy, like you said for a while. Like he's a one contract guy. Yep. That's it. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna get his. If, at best, he gets his four years, and he's twenty eight, and he's out of the league. So True. like, there's a, there's no chance for him like for longevity here. So for me, he's only really useful to the team that he's like a backup running back on. Like when you're like in a fourth or fifth round, and you're like, okay, like he went to, he went to um, the Cowboys. That's a bad example because of Tony Pollard, but like. He went to um, the Colts, and he's going to back up Jonathan Taylor. I got Jonathan Taylor. Like, Eric Gray's going to be a good – you know, like he does a lot of things like sure. – so, like, he's solid, if, you know? If, if Taylor missed two games, I could put him in my starting lineup and, yeah. and get double-digit points. Get yes. some points. He, exactly. can, he can do that for you. But from a dynasty perspective, there's no long-term value here. There's nothing exciting about him whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. he's not an exciting prospect. So He's probably older than Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> he probably is older than Jonathan. I, mean, I think he to is. To be honest. No, he really is. Yeah. So that's why, like, when I say, like, he's not very exciting to me whatsoever because there's no dynasty. So when I say that about him, like, I don't think he's the worst running back in the world. But he's he to me from a dynasty perspective, like he doesn't bring anything to the table for me that I'm excited about. I would rather just go gamble elsewhere hmm? uh, for the upside. On an upside player. because even if he does hit, you're not going to trade him for much because he, he has such a short love shelf life, and you won't even be able to use him if he if he comes in very long. So doesn't hold a lot of value for me. I'm with you there, man. I I, I feel very similar, Eric Gray. Okay. Unfortunately, he's not. 21 because I feel like if he was 21 coming into the league Different. with some of the things that he's got going on maybe he could develop yes. but and as a 23 almost 24 year old you're physically developed you know what I mean like right. you're not going to get much right. faster you're not going to get much bigger exactly. that's kind of your body um, so um, that's why I want to say it like that because I don't want to say you're like he's not I don't want to make it sound like oh Eric Ray is the worst running like he's not it's no just, there's definitely some worse running backs we've covered but, yeah so from a dynasty aspect they're like Oh my God! I don't want to do this. Gonna cover. Oh, we're, yeah. we're getting really close. We're getting really close to some bad ones here. But that, I just want to make sure, like when I talk about him, like I don't think he's when you said like his yards per carry, like they're okay for the system he played in. I thought he should have done better for like again for how old and old he is. Like he yeah. should have done better. I agree. Yeah. So that's absolutely. It for me. Well, before we get into those other guys that we're about to talk about, uh, let me talk about FFPC. I love FFPC. Launched in 2010, FFPC is the home to the largest high-stakes dynasty leagues in the community. But best of all, they don't fold. Nope. They don't fold. You're getting excited. You're hearing us talk about these guys. And I was like, well, I want I want Tank Bigsby. Well, and then you go to draft him, and they're like, oh, sorry, our league folded. Never mind. And how disappointing is that? You don't have to worry about that at FFPC. You want to play in leagues that 2K? 2K is for the startup? Who? Go right ahead. Who baller. You're like, yeah, I like to play it a little more little more conservative, a little mm-hmm. closer to the vest. $77 leagues, more my speed. And you know what? We'll even beat that because with the promo cur- cur- curd. 
curds. Promo, I did that last time yes. too. Promo oh, curds. Wisconsin for the cheese curds. Uh, the promo code <laughs> nerds. I think it's the code and nerds yep. together is what's getting me. Promo code nerds. Uh, you get twenty five dollars off your entry if you're a new member. So that takes that seventy seven dollars down to fifty two. So head on over there, myffpc.com. Look for the dynasty page. View available orphans, and then just go on there. Have a good time. Promo code. Nerds. I love going on myffpc.com to look at the orphans available. And yep. it's like, just so tempting to get on there. And they, and they change daily, too. So I, I encourage people to get on there and check out those orphans. They'll be opening new leagues, new leagues as well. But if you're looking for the safest, protected platform to play on, it's myffpc.com. I love it. All right, let's get back into it, guys. Um, let's do it. This first guy in the second half of our show here is Chris Rodriguez, running back Kentucky, six foot, 217 pounds. Eight and five eighths, eighths inch hands. Um, no running, no anything. He had 19 bench press reps at the combine. Um, last year in eight games, he had 175 y- uh, attempts, 904 yards, six touchdowns, five receptions, 41 yards, no touchdowns. He missed the first four games of the season due to an off the field issue and a suspension. It was a driving while intoxicated and reckless driving or something like that, I believe. Yeah, uh, no worries. He's, he's legal, not reckless. He's legally allowed to drink because he's also really old. <laughs> 22, he'll be 23. He'll be 24. Do I have that wrong? Do I, I think you do. Do I, I don't know he's going to be 24. I'll Maybe have I'm to wrong. look. I don't Maybe know. Either, either way, he's not young. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's either 23, going to be 20, or 22, going to be 23, or he's 23, going to be 24. Either way, old. Not ideal. Er. Um, yeah, for me... Okay. I'll verify that. I got, I got, I have nothing nice to say here. So I apologize <laughs> in advance to Chris Rodriguez's family. I had a running back out of Kentucky. Um, he's a one speed runner. And, and when I say that, that's not like, it's a compliment. Like if you have one of those Ryan lawnmowers, they have like the hair and then the turtle. So he'd be on the turtle gear of the Ryan lawnmower. And when you, you know, a Ryan lawnmower, it's easy to catch up to and like jump on its back and that's fine. And cause I mean, he has that, like he's his size and power. Yep. Thumbs up. Yep. Thumbs up. But this guy does not move. This is a guy. This does <laughs> a not guy. move laterally or change direction very well at all. He's got zero burst. I mean, zero burst. His vision's terrible. He runs upright. Uh, I watched it. At, like, when I first started watching his tape, I literally was like, am I watching, like, a real college running back here? Like, is this real life? Like, is this, like, what is he doing? Like, <laughs> what is real life? Like, where's his, he has no, like, does he know where he's running? Where's his, bur- like, I felt like he was just, I literally felt like, like. He's super slow. He breaks in tackles. He's. Yeah, because he's six foot, 217 pounds. I feel like, you, like you're watching somebody, like you're in a prison game and you're like, hey, you, you're the running back. You're going to be hard to tackle. And he's like, yeah, that's me. And they give him the football. And he's like, all right, let's go. And they give it to him. And it works. At, I mean, Kentucky's not a small school too, which is kind of weird. Like, I felt like it's it could be better. Say, yeah. But dude, he is like lumbering. He's lumbering. I but like, he, I not, he, like not, not the tree, like the round tree that you roll down the hill, like like you cut it into a square first. <laughs> clunk, clunk, clunk. Cut the tree into a square first, yeah. and then roll it down a hill. That right. seems slow. Tell everybody why they should draft Chris Rodriguez because he's, he's not even on my board. No, I I don't have reasons. I I, just, I thought he was obviously very slow. I thought his burst was better, like his initial. Burst was better than his speed, so he's more bursty than fast. Didn't even know he had initial burst. <laughs> I, I, I do have issues with some of the vision. I felt like there was, <laughs> there was times that he could have zigged, 
but he's act. I was uh, like, is Ray Charles his father? <laughs> He's definitely not going to be used in the passing game. I struggle. Look, my final notes on him. I I, I had a hard time figuring out how he's going to score fantasy points. <laughs> or I have a hard time <laughs> seeing him play in the NFL. Go on, go on. That's that would be fantasy points. You got to play in the NFL to score fantasy points. That's a good point. He's going to be calling up Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, hey, you got a job for me? <laughs> XFL. Like, dude, now you don't fit here either, buddy. Uh, I I did put that he has good patience. <laughs> Is he? The, the, was it, it though? That's just, was it though? It's just because it took him a long time to get to the line. Ryan so on turtle mode. <laughs> that that was what I struggled with. I, I, honestly, I honestly said I was like I can't tell if I've got if he's got issues with his vision. He's not a creative runner. He's just this slow that he can't get like that. These are part of my notes. Like I just I knew within thirty seconds yeah. of watching his tape yeah. that I was in for a hot mess of time. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes when you do this for the people to study these prospects, you have to suffer. You do. This is one of the moments. Yeah. Yeah. When things break down ahead of him, he um, generally can't get out of that. And I would say, <laughs> I, I don't like to, I don't like to like talk it's down like to some of these kids, but <laughs> what, what's, what's, oh, what's, what's the dude saying in Space Jam? He's like, uh, I might not be able to jump, but I'm slow. <laughs> Like it kind of kind of feels like that. It it does kind of feel like that. So it, it he, listen, he's going to be hard to draft. I, I'm not sure he's going to get NFL drafted. Um, he so has my third lowest score it's, uh, it's, in the class. Yeah, ah, I'm not alone. All right. So 58.45. We, we said it might get ugly here in the second half of the show, and it might get ugly in the second half of the show. Not about this next player we like talk yeah, about. No, I, I, I like this guy. There's going to be ups and downs. How about that? Let's get up. All right. Uh, I like this guy a lot. Get so up, Get on up. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Our, our next prospect is Dwayne McBride. Dwayne. Uh, UAB uh, running back, uh, five foot ten, two oh nine, nine and a half inch hands. He's only twenty one years old. So what a refreshing breath of. of He'll be twenty two. He'll be twenty two in, in That's July. Fine, though. Yes. Ain't no problem. There was no, there was no combine numbers. He had a tweaked hamstring. The yep. pro day also uh, held him out of the the stuff with the same hamstring. Last year in 12 games, he had 233 rushing attempts, 1,713 yards, 19 touchdowns. Uh, only two receptions for 10 yards and no touchdowns there in the passing game. So McBride was one of the last guys that I had watched. Um of of the of the main names, yep. uh, and initially I I I just peek behind the curtain. I make these lists, and I make these lists that we're going to do on the show back in January, early January. Just kind of what I know about the players, how their stock is trending roughly, and this was a guy that I didn't know a ton about, and I knew a couple people that were like, oh yeah, he's good, but there's also a couple people that say like, oh yeah, Chris Rodriguez is good. Like so, you you never really know like. How good is this guy? Right. I walked away really, really impressed uh, with McBride. Now, I'll say that in the sense of he is a very specific role. Uh, this is not a three down back because his his scores for me are fascinating because there's a lot of really high scores and there's a lot of really low scores. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas normally like they, they normalize a little bit. His are like, I mean, if it was a, if it was a graph, it would be, like this, yep. the whole way down. So YouTube, I don't, I, 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 I think he struggles with his vision a little bit. I don't think he has great vision, but he has the highest contact balance in the class. Like that's above Bijan. 
that's about like he has the best contact balance in the class um extremely physical runner Mm -hmm. extreme like will run through your face and think nothing of it to the face really nice power yeah really nice power love this contact balance and he doesn't lose a lot of speed when he does it too like he's very efficient when he runs the football but slightly subpar average not terrible but it is subpar what what is subpar his 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 vision vision okay yep his subpar that was good uh there were there were a lot of there were a lot of holes that i saw he missed um he actually has better vision at the second level than he does at the first level um from from my notes okay fair that's fair um i think i think once he gets that open field he has a much better concept of what's going on i think sometimes he misses holes but i think he's such a physical runner that sometimes i just don't think he cares that he'll just run he'll just run through people i think he does a good job of getting small sometimes in the hole too which is for a guy that's nearly 210 pounds i I think he does a good job navigating that kind of stuff yep um i i can't really put my finger i i think he's definitely got really good contact balance he's always following forward and and sometimes he's not falling at all he's taking hits and he just keeps going he just keeps going so that i i can totally see why you have him rated the highest um in the class for that kind of attribute uh, I think he's fast enough, right? Like he does not have an, he doesn't have, I have a top him slightly gear. below average speed. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got pretty good burst. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that I think talks a little bit to what you were saying with when you said like, he doesn't really slow down, you know, cutting and all that kind of stuff or taking hits. Like taking he, hits, he's yep. able to, he's able to keep his feet and kind of keep his momentum and speed. So all that kind of, I think meshes together uh, and, mm-hmm. and kind of paints a picture of a guy that, he can beat you in multiple ways, right? Like he can beat you with power. If mm-hmm. you, if, if he makes you like a slight juke, cause he's not laterally really explosive. You nope. know what I mean? No. Nope. So, he, so he'll, put, guys he'll, he'll put a way. slight move on you and combine that with the fact that he can power through some stuff. And if you do just get a piece of him, it's not going to take him down. He's going to be able Ooh. to keep on moving and stuff like that. So it, it, it's starting to paint a picture of a guy that can be effective in the NFL. And, and so I, I really like a lot of his attributes. You know, he's never going to be a home run guy. So, and he's never going to catch passes. He, he didn't really do that. The, there's two big holes. I, I was hoping Richard, you would cover him. There's two big, massive, massive holes in this game. There's, so watching Dwayne McBride's tape, I was like, I found him. I found my gem. I found my hidden gem of this draft class. The guy will have it every mm-hmm. one of my drafts. I love him. It's he. I really enjoyed his tape. Like I, as I'm watching him, like early in the process, I'm like, I found a guy who's going to join that third tier. It's going to be a sticky guy. Like when I put this on Twitter, people are gonna be like, Ooh, Ooh people are tweeting oh, at me. Man. People are tweeting at me. Emoji eyes, looking to the left. You know, looking to the left. Because I really like you mentioned a lot of good stuff. Like I like some of his stuff that he, you guys didn't like as much. Like I thought his vision was okay. I thought he had good start stop ability. Um, for his size, I thought his hips were pretty loose. Um, I thought his lateral movement was okay there. I really like his production, right? Like this is somebody who ran for at least 120 yards in all of his games, but one. So, and, and, and that what really impressive about that is he had 7.3 yards per carry average. He was the focal point of UAB's offense. UAB's offense. He saw the most eight men in the box out of all the running backs mm-hmm. in this class because they were focused on him because he was UAB's offense. When they had eight men in the box, he still averaged 5.9 yards per carry. Still. And he was a focal point of the offense. So I really like that. The power, the contact balance. The one the one question I have, the one game where he did his worst, LSU. Right? 
That was the that was the game where it was thirteen rushes, thirty four yards. He still had a couple real like watching that game because I yeah. did watch that one. Mm-hmm. He still had a couple plays where I was like, "Dang, that was a nice run." Yeah, for like, sure. There were some bad ones, and he got stuffed at the line a lot. But yes. but there were some still that were, were that impressive. and the pa- his pass pro. I, I, I mentioned the the lack of of catching passes, but his pass pro was suspect. I saw him get tossed on his butt once. I, I'm surprised no one the the other big hole that. There's one other big I'll, hole. I haven't named any big holes. Okay. So, okay. so two, there's, there's another big one so that somebody the, better mention. The, or the I minor, the minor hole is his top end speed and bursts. Yep. Right. That's yeah. a that's a that's a minor hole because he did enough of it where he still like you said he'd stop, he'd get hit, he'd go under defender and then run and still do a really good job. He gained mm-hmm. twenty yards. He'd eventually get caught. caught. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's in the okay. college game too. So the biggest downfall here, again, from fantasy football aspect, and this is a massive one, definitely in today's game, is two massive holes. One, he doesn't offer anything in the passing game. He has five career catches. Five. <laughs> now, for, for most people, you count that on one hand. Yes. Most people. Correct. Garrett. Yes. Sorry. Another one. His his ball security. Yes. Yeah. That was the other one. Yes. He I had, forgot about a few months. Yes. He had fumbles, five fumbles, fumbles so out of 233 carries. Yeah. So it's not, it's like 12% or something those lines. It's not. It's an alarming. It's less than that. It's, um, it's not that much. <laughs> it's, it's not that much. But that, that was concerning. So, it, again, so we're talking about this from a fantasy football perspective, if he offers nothing in the passing game, you're talking about a guy that's going to get you, if he doesn't score a touchdown, six to eight points per game. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. He looks, he's for sure going to find himself on an NFL roster. Like, he just looks too good not mm-hmm. to find himself on an NFL roster. If somehow they can work with him to turn him into a pass catcher running back, there is a path here for Dwayne McBride mm-hmm. to be a starting running back in the NFL. There is. Like, he he could be a starting running back in the NFL. He's coming from UAB. If somebody can work with him, mold him, there's a path there. I really enjoyed watching his tape. I have him in my fifth tier. Um, he's a player that I like. When I'm watching, after I got through all these other running backs, I felt way more comfortable with Dwayne McBride than I did. Um, in the end, and just like Garrett, like he's one of the last running backs I watched too. So like, I had a good grasp of what I've getting into already compared to the rest of the guys. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this is a guy that excites me. When you watch his tape, like he's excited, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has, he has it. Mm-hmm. Like he's a running back. Like he's a true running back. He's just so he's limited in the in the spots that when from a fancy aspect you don't want to be limited. No catches, and he has fumbling problems. The fumbling problem can be a huge problem because if you fumble at NFL level, you're not going to get opportunity to be on the field. No. So he's got to clean that up. And now it can be done. You know, man, we, we've seen it done. I mean, there's running backs like that, like Tiki Barber. Tiki Barber, huge fumbling problems. Fixed it, went into a Hall of Fame career, essentially. So Peterson had trouble fumbling the football a lot, too. He did early. So Dwayne McBride, he's somebody I came away with very pleasantly surprised. I like the prospect. Something I want to mention real quick. Um, I'm going to use this this both for this guy and another guy, uh, but there was an awesome chart uh, that Arjun Menon put out, and Dan Toomey tagged me in it, talking about a different player, but I found McBride's stats on here too, which were crazy impressive. So in this draft class, on runs that were, and this is according to PFF, runs that were blocked perfectly, he had the most yards per carry in the class. On plays that were not blocked perfectly, he had the second most yards in the class. So he is making it happen basically either way. Mm-hmm. Like he is making it happen. So that's what you love to see 
out of a first and second down running back. Are those guys as appealing for fantasy football as guys that can also catch passes? No, but I do think that there's a role for him and he could be a touchdown monster at the next level. I could, I could definitely see that. I think his ability to get small at the line of scrimmage, but still maintain power. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would suit him well down towards the goal line. And I mean, he did it in college, 19 touchdowns this mm-hmm. past season and 13 the year before. So he's, he's shown that he can be that kind of guy. Where do you guys see him as far as NFL uh, draft pedigree? I'm really, because intri- again, yeah. his tape is so, I like his tape so much. I am so intrigued yeah. if an NFL team falls in love with him. Like kind of like yeah. I did. You know what I mean? Because like, if I was a scout for an NFL team, I would bring this to my GM like, this is a player we should add to the roster because there's upside there. Like if I was a Browns coach, I'm like, I think, you know, we have Nick Chubb, for example, like Browns, like mm-hmm. we have Nick Chubb, you know, he doesn't catch, he doesn't catch a lot of footballs. He's 27 years old. This is the last year of his guaranteed money. We have Stump Mitchell. He's a good running back coach. I think if this is a guy we could bring in, we could probably get him in like the fifth round. We bring him in, we set him behind uh, Nick Chubb. Two years, this guy could be our starter running back and we use Jerome Ford as our patch kind of running back. That's the kind of like fit I could see him fall into. And, th- and that's where I have him. I'm like, it- I think because he is limited in a few areas, he might be one of these guys that ends up in this fifth to seventh round range. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's so many guys, there's just so many bodies yeah. this year. Yeah, A guy like this uh, could fall through the cracks a little bit, playing from a smaller school and m- being somewhat limited in the passing game. So I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he lands in that kind of range. Mm-hmm. And, and for me... I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. we've seen guys emerge from that range for and sure. even undrafted free agents that that probably had, I think, less skills than him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. Yeah. He ended up with a 72.25 for oh, me. Wow. So he got a good score. He hit above that 72 threshold, which we've kind of seen be that, that line of if you're under 72 – it's pretty spotty. If you're under a 68, it's like almost Possibly. no chance yeah. uh, of hitting. So he's definitely in that range of guys that I could see hitting uh, at the next level. And something else that, you know, you talked about, uh, Lance Zerline's kind of like your guy. Uh, Jer- Daniel Jeremiah is my guy. Like, I really trust a lot of things he says. He has him as his RB5. Now, that's oh, wow. more steep than I'm willing yeah. to put. But that was good to see that that he is a guy that he believes in. Yeah, that's great. I mean, and... You know, I put a fifth to seventh round expectation kind of in my own head. If it's something third to fourth round, I mean, then it changes things a lot. Then it changes things a lot because now he's got pedigree, you know, draft pedigree, NFL draft pedigree behind that. And Mm -hmm. he might start rising up my board a little bit as well. Yeah, he's my sneaky guy. He's like, when I I got done watching this tape, I'm like, this is a guy I'm going to snatch up in the third round of every draft I'm in, whether it be Mm -hmm. like 3-3 or 3-12. Like, this is a guy I want to get in my roster. And I, I I have it down here written like I'm really intrigued to where he goes in the NFL draft. It's gonna be interesting because because even if he I, I said if he goes in the fifth sixth round like I don't that doesn't bother me for the, like his playing style. If he goes higher, obviously he then gets bumped in my rankings as well. So like I will kind of like I will adjust from that standpoint where he goes from being like oh a sneaky guy and getting a third round I feel really good about like right for those tight ends I'll go that tight end run I can get Dwayne McBride right. to okay I gotta take Dwayne McBride before the tight ends and then see what tight end falls make sure you me. get him so he's one of those players when I said the NFL draft will sharpen my sword to see how uh, I cut this he's the guy that I could either get as a sneaky guy but I'm gonna get or he could be the guy that gets pushed up my oh, rankings. The ninja over here talking about sharpening. Look at the back end. <laughs> when you see my wife when you go upstairs, just go up to. Ah, PTSD. She'll be ready for it this time. <laughs> she will be. It's uh, a block. She's been training. <laughs> Too quick. Wax on. Wax so off. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad we're all. We're on all the same on board. There. 
So. Yeah, usually when the when there's a sneaky guy and all of us like him, it turns out to be like Khalil Herbert. So that's good, right? That's good news. Yep. Yeah, that that that's actually not bad. <laughs> um. So our next prospect, last guy, last guy, of the show. Unless you're a nerd member, <laughs> underdog, ten <laughs> bucks, <laughs> full year. <laughs> um. Anyway, do you say la- poo poo? <laughs> In my pants. <laughs> Nasty. All right. Our, our Sometimes. last. <laughs> You guys are so excited about this last guy that you so excited. <laughs> oh, he's me. to die for. Oh gosh! <laughs> All right, so Travis Dye is the running back from Southern Cal. He's five foot ten, two oh one. He didn't run anything. He's old. He he, he was yes. He's twenty three. He's gonna be twenty four at the end of August. Nice mustache, old guy. He does have a mustache. Did you see him or something? Fu Man Chu. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so this past season, um, well, first of all, he played four years at Oregon. He transferred to USC this past season. So that's he's, five years for everybody that's listening. For everyone that can add, that's five. That's last year career. in 10 games, <laughs> last year in 10 games, he had 145 attempts, 884 yards, and nine touchdowns. He also had 21 receptions for 202 yards. No additional touchdowns there. He was really productive at Oregon, too, which is kind of weird. They went to USC, like, oh, I'm going to keep playing. He, he knew the writing was on the wall, though. He's like, he's like I'm going to try and get some of this uh, NIL money is what I'm going to try and do. Probably there you go. Uh, uh, Recruit uh, me. Yeah, career. I mean, this is somebody, if you want to know what Travis Dye is good at, he's good at uh, catching the football. He's yep. good at, after he gets the football, run after the catch. Like, mm-hmm. he's solid there. Um, good vision. I think he know, I think he knows how to get in the way in pass pro. I, I, he yeah. had decent pass pro. I, yeah. I was I was I was impressed with the pass pro. But my literal text to Jared was, "Travis Die, he's good at catching the ball and protecting the quarterback. Yeah. Things he's bad at. Everything else. Oh, uh, he he for an athlete, he doesn't seem very athletic. <laughs> <laughs> I he he yes he. So he I think he injured his ankle. That's what he. That's why he only had 10 games this past uh, season. He didn't run at his pro day or anything like that. Uh, or, no, he ran. It was wet or something like that. He had a really crappy time. Um, he saw also 5'10", 201. I would have never guessed that watching his tape. I thought he was smaller than that. You thought he was smaller? Yeah, he looked a little smaller. He just plays smaller. He doesn't play with or much physicality. Poorly. He can, yeah, he can break Not the occasional explosive. arm tackle. He's never going to have, he's never going to break any real contact. He, he's the poster child for he will get exactly what's blocked and no more yes i agree he he only <laughs> profiles as a pass catching guy but he doesn't do anything flashy enough you know what i mean no, to actually he just get that catches job. It. yeah he catches the ball he's not fast which is better than quick. some people some there's people actually cannot. fantasy points there so there like, is even though garrison put on a poster you don't have to put him on a milk carton <laughs> that's true he has if you catch the football there's a path i guess but like he doesn't. There's the no fifth ex- round of your rookie draft. There's no explosive trait there to to warrant him being a pass catching back. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like he Other catches that he can catch. That it. he can catch. That's it. I mean, but anyone can get on a drugs machine and improve catching. Right. Um, unfortunately, the explosion just kind of isn't there. Right. Yeah. He can catch himself on somebody else's roster. I, I feel bad. I, I hate I hate trashing guys, but it, it really is. It's just one of those situations where I just don't think he has what it takes to to be a legitimate NFL player. Like I. I if he gets drafted, it's going to be round seven, and and I, good for him, and good for him. Do you know and what he I mean? Gets some money, yeah, for being on an NFL roster for a few days. <laughs> yeah, I got that. burn only a few <laughs> days. <laughs> All right, a few months. He's not. I mean, he's he's not the worst thing I've ever seen. But like again, I just don't see a really good path for dynasty production there. But I agree. We we ended this one on a bit of a fizzle. 
At least we had McBride at the at the second half. But, but sometimes we have nobody in the second no, half. No, no doubt. But but die is an important guy. We have to go we say it all the time. We have to cover the good and the bad yeah. so you know which guys to kind of avoid. I would draft Chris Die over Chris Rodriguez. I think that's fair. I, I technically have Die as a point worse. Travis Die, not Chris Die. But I think I would take Die just because he can physically catch. Yeah. But I don't know what kind of lawnmower he rides, but I might go, I might go with Rodriguez and hope that he go on get, get yeah gets a little converts bit of, to fullback in his in the NFL that way it's a little bit of go line work we can round the edges on that square tree <laughs> so just get some sandpaper how about we wrap up this running back class in the nerd show Ooh, that sounds like a plan let's jump in I'm so excited.